Right, I mean, you'd think only one thing had happened this week, but there have been other talking points as well, and we will start with a sort of a collateral damage or a tangent, call it what you will. Tiger Roll will not be running in the Grand National this year, which in itself, James Millman, is a real shame. Are you surprised? No, I'm not surprised, even before what's happened in the past week, because he hasn't quite looked the same horse as he did this time around. We've only seen him five times since he won the second of his Nationals, but in the Boyne Hurdle last time, he did look a little bit of a shadow of his former self because he travelled to three out, and I thought that's a really promising return as such, ready for Cheltenham and, and then the Grand National. But he stopped so quickly. He got beat 64 lengths. He didn't look the same horse that won that race two years ago coming into the race. So I'm not surprised. The little handicapper, 166, was too high. I only want to run if he's in the mid-150s. He was only £2 worse off with Magic of Light for two and three-quarter lengths. And... I just don't think that holds any water for, for me. So you'd have run him? And I would have run him for the handicap mark. I don't think that was too high as such. But he's not in the same form as what he was two years ago. I suppose you can say they are right. But if they want to show that, he should have run in the beach chase the last two years to show that he's not capable of winning off that mark. We didn't really see him. We saw him in the cross-country twice. He did run well behind Easy Lamb, finishing second. Two boy hurdles. And a race in the flat where he showed no interest from the word go. So the handicapper... If you want to give him opportunities to drop, you need to actually run him in races which he can use mm. as a guide. His guide, the Grand National, is the Grand National two years ago, which he won pretty comfortably in the end. And he justifies as a man higher mark. But his form subsequently, I can, I can see both points of views, but I think he was never going to run yeah. himself. So what your point is, if you want the handicapper to drop your horse, give the handicapper more concrete evidence to go on that your horse has really declined and can't perform to the level that that he was performing at. Yeah, exactly, and, and there hasn't been any evidence of that sort. It is a shame because he was going to be the headline story going for the third national. It's such a shame it's another year. He's been busy mm. winning the triumph as a four-year-old. It's hard to keep going that long and he might just have lost his, his enthusiasm for it. Come what may, he's been an amazing horse to do what he's done at those festivals, two grand nationals, a triumph hurdle, as, uh, as James was saying. And whatever happens... Um, I hope he enjoys a, a very long and happy retirement after he's finished racing. Not that he's retired yet, of course. Cheveley Park. Now, they made the swift decision to, to remove the horses from Gordon Elliott's stable, and they've split them between Henry de Bromhead and Willie Mullins. And I guess they had to make the, that decision quickly. But there, there are some interesting calls because they've put Envoy Allen in the same stable as Aplutar, and they could end up occupying the same sort of races over the next couple of years. And they've put their best bumper horse in to Willie Mullins is who's got the other best bumper horse. I'm not, uh, listen, uh, what, what do you do when you've got two hours notice or a t- day's notice to, to do it? But it, it's certainly thrown some interesting spanners in the works. It has indeed, but kind of the issue is both yards have got so many contenders. The strength and depth is pretty, pretty big. I think they've got good connections with both stables, so it was easier to choose Willie Mullins and Henry de Bromhead. Easier to ship within Ireland for the moment, exactly. I suppose. Exactly, with... with especially coming up, up to Cheltenham. Um, you mentioned Envoy Allen and Apoutard running together, perhaps. I'm talking a year from now. A year, from, a year from now. Just struck me. Uh, possibly so, but they run against their best horses against each other all the time in mm. these leading races. You can't really divert divert them. So the fact they're both in the same yard, Henry Brown is not going to be too concerned which one wins, <laughs> no, I suppose. So you can, you can look at it in that angle and the fact they've got two strings to their bow, whereas maybe in different yards, and they are the two headline contenders, both will be concentrating more on beating perhaps the other one. Rather, they're both in the same yard. You can treat them the same and hope they, they progress together as such. 
perhaps the more I mean perhaps the more salient point is were you surprised that they were the main owners to leave and then most of the other owners stayed put? No, I wasn't surprised because they're a commercial outfit in the sport. Chili Park Stud is pretty big with all the breeders and they couldn't risk the commercial damage, I don't think. I think it had to be a pretty instant decision once the story came out. They couldn't really wait on, on what the IHRB was, was going to do. Okay, the Chibley Park horses, of course, that will be another theme during Cheltenham Week, how they will get on for their new trainers. Uh, Paige Fuller and Lorcan Williams got involved in some uh, fairly uh, heated pointing after this race at Newbury on Friday. Here we go. Um, Lorcan, I think, had objected to Paige appearing to come across on the home bend and had obviously said something, and Paige wanted to put her point of view back. Now, the stewards decided to give them four days for this. There have been some interesting dubbed over takes online, which have been quite funny. Stewards didn't see the funny side. This apparently was what Lorcan was upset about. Well, Paige had been extremely keen in the early stages. I'm surprised the horse won, the, the way it was pulling. I don't know whether Paige perhaps shouted for a gap and, and it closed or whatever. It didn't really look that bad. This was the interesting aspect. PGA straight away are saying they're going to appeal on behalf of both jockeys. Yeah, They weren't given a a point of rule as to why they were banned. Uh, four days seems quite a lot for... What was it? That's the thing. What was it for? Exactly. And nothing's actually come out subsequently, I don't think, as to, to what the reason is. Uh, we had a similar incident, actually, Daryl Jacob and Noel George a few years ago, where I think it went to the disciplinary panel, and I think in the, the verdict, they said improper conduct couldn't be accounted to pointing, gesticulating, arguing... It doesn't really amount to anything, so I would not be surprised if the PGA, representing both Lorcan and Page, get that overturned. But for anyone that hasn't obviously ridden the races, it's like driving on a motorway when someone cuts you up. You get a bit of instant road rage, and then it's forgotten about 20 seconds down the lane. And it's just one of the things that happens in racing. It happens pretty often. It's not, a, in my mind anyway, a, something that warrants a four-day ban, which is quite a, quite a severe ban. Mm. Um Page's father was actually the steward's panel chair on <laughs> Friday at Newbury. But obviously he had to stand down, yep. so there's no su suggestion of any impropriety there. He had to stand down, Richard Fuller, from, from being the panel chair and uh, stayed well out of it. But uh, I don't know, I think four days seems a bit tough. I think it will be overturned myself. Yeah, I mean, it was only a bit of that, wasn't it? Um, right, on to happier news. Holly Doyle, another five-timer. And the fact is, isn't the story here... I know, like, I know there's other stuff been going on this week, James, but isn't the story that we're like, yeah, Holly Doyle's ridden a five-timer? And, and it's kind of, yeah? Yeah, there's no female jockey Holly Doyle has ridden a five-timer as such. Amazing, isn't it? She's becoming a big name in her own right, winning on True Self over in Saudi Arabia. A whole of our season, 151 winners, despite the fact we lost two whole months, two and a half months to, to COVID. She's exceptionally strong. You'll struggle to find a, a stronger flat jockey. Um, She's worked on her weaknesses, which probably was her strength. Has when she, she really Yes, she writes quite a lot for us, although we can't really get it off him because every meeting she's got a full book. So is it getting harder and harder to get her? Yeah, you can only, her agent, when he put her on, if he thinks he's, you've got a chance, you can't really put her on one that realistically hasn't got much hope. Uh, she, she's very tactically aware. All five rides were slightly different. She was always generally in, in the right place at the right time, and she was unlucky really not to get six. I thought Alan King's horse, watching it live, she, she kicked on, and I thought she might just have stolen it. Unfortunately, he's not the easiest customer in the world, and he just tied up in the last 50 yards. But she's just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. 
and the fact that she can ride a lot of winners on, on a card for various connections is huge for a championship campaign because when you need winners on the board you need a lot of connections and teaming up with Charlie Appleby I know the retained riders are, are in Dubai at the moment but that's a, a big signal mm. of intent that they're happy to use her when available and she gets a job done she won the big conditions race at Kempton part of that five-timer what what do you think is the the first point that makes her good and what she added to her game over the last couple of years I think the positive is the fact that she can do light and the fact that every single horse in, in the field she could possibly ride and now she's worked out that she's got to be eight stone strength and she can deadlift I think more than any other flat jockey in, in the weighing room and you see her in that final furlong she's strong but she gets her horse into a good position whether that's handy or in the mid pack and exactly the right place. Uh, this week marks the retirement of a horse who, on his day, was not far off the best you'll see. Thistlecrack, the runaway winner of the Stayers Hurdle in 2016, the King George winner of the of the same calendar year. He he's a he was a pretty remarkable horse during that little little window of his life, wasn't he? Yeah, 13 from 25 career record overall. It was remarkable for a novice chase. They set their stall straight away when he went chasing. We we're going to aim big. Three novice chases where. It wasn't always the most convincing over his obstacles. And then to go and win, win the King George. And he beat Stablemate Cucard by three lengths, which mm. must have been a little bit mixed emotions, I suppose, for, for the Tizar team. But they made the right decision, bearing in mind what happened subsequently, because he did prove to be, be very fragile. And, and we didn't really see the best of him. Two years later, to be fair, he ran another stormer back in the King George behind Clan as a bow. And we saw glimpses of the greatness, but clearly he did prove to be a, a little bit fragile. But... He was just a, a wonderfully talented horse on his day. Like I say, like that small two-year window, the stay as hurdles where he just absolutely destroyed the opposition. Mm. And they were brave. They didn't go the big bucks route and, and keep him in, in that division. They went big. And ultimately, it worked out with that King George win. What I love about that horse when he was in his absolute pomp was that he wasn't like one of these, stay, these staying hurdle winners they always talk about being behind the bridle, which has yep. become the phrase of the moment. Um, no one used to say it 10 years ago, did they? Everyone says it now. Anyway, um, whatever he wasn't one of those he was hard on the bridle all the way through and he would have just gone on for another circuit if you'd let him he just kept going further and further clear and like I say that's a remarkable time the problem is with a horse like that is they leave everything on the track and that's probably why he hasn't stood as much race and a horse that races behind the bridle mm. that expression they generally keep a little bit back they're probably operating at 98% of their potential whereas a horse like Fissel Crack it's 100% and then unfortunately that probably leaves them a little bit more vulnerable to niggling injuries it's what he had it was lots of little niggles it wasn't major mm. injuries it's just frustrating ones and he was going to come back this season so it's a shame we didn't see him again seriously talented horse thistle crack hope he has a long and happy retirement patrick mullins will not turn professional for the cheltenham festival quite a hard call i'd have thought wouldn't you i mean i know there are downsides it would have taken him a while to then switch back to being amateur and he'd have had to miss a bunch and possibly miss title chances of course he had he would have to miss all those bumpers in ireland as well which are restricted yeah, I think it was 25 winners he was allowed to ride under professional licence before he could go back again. It must have been tough because he's got a strong book. Oh, he had a strong book of rides. And they're horses that he knows well and he generally gets the best out of Sharjah in particular. And it will be mixed emotions watching Sharjah run out in the champion hurdle, knowing that would, that was his ride. The biggest picture, isn't it? You've got all the amateur races over in Ireland. Amateurs are still allowed to ride in Ireland. And hopefully, after... Uh, we come back, the amateurs will be back for the Foxhunters at Aintree. So it would have been tough if you're Patrick. I think you've got to look at that. You probably picked up an injury and you couldn't go to Cheltenham 
not that you could have ridden these horses. It's just something that's taken out of your hands, which is what it is. I think he's made the right decision, to be honest. A charge, a melon he conceivably yep. could have ridden. He seems to get a very good tune out of him. He probably would have picked up a ride in the Gold Cup if, God forbid, anything happened with other jockeys in the yard. He might have slid in for any, well, you know, any number of good rides. Yeah, no, it's a it, tough it, call. it is a tough one, um, especially as he's likely to be he's going to be there. I don't think he's going because of the COVID, for the COVID restrictions, uh, I think stable staff when they come back have to isolate for a certain period of time and that would have put him out of the following weekend's race right. and overnight. So I think there's so many factors that, that he's kind of looked at a broader picture. But it will be painful watching Cheltenham on the TV and, and seeing his horses that he would have ridden, still trained by his dad. I don't, I don't think we've really got our heads around what a weird experience the whole week's going to be and that's notwithstanding everything we've talked about this morning. It's going to be strange, isn't it? It's going to be very empty. Uh, for me, going flat racing, the first few meetings, you really noticed it, and then you kind of got used, got to, used it. to it. Mm. But the bigger meetings, where there is a crowd, and there's always noise, there'll be, there'll be nothing there. So it will be a very different different festival, for sure. Yeah, it's probably an experience we haven't really had since the Derby and, and Ascot last year. Um, and point seven is still here. I don't know whether it's the same point seven as last week, so it's all yours. Yeah, I just thought a few jockeys to follow for... Flat season because we aren't that far away. It's only what less than three weeks no. till till the Lincoln till the turf starts. Two apprentices, O'Shea McSweeney rode his first winner at Kempton I think last week. O'Shea McSweeney. McSweeney uh, attached to the Kevin Ryan yard. His winner was Richard Farhey. He looked very very stylish, very strong. I think he'll be somehow claimer to follow. He, he did look very very impressive. Uh, gained that experience over in Ireland. It's such a tough competitive environment. I think he'll do well, especially in the north. Slightly opposite end, Joe Mason, who was our go-to lady amateur rider. Mm-hmm. She's turned professional. Still a five-pound claimer. She's three from four in her last few rides. But a nice winner for Ed Walker. She still claims five. She claims five. The thing is, she's had so much experience. She's been riding for a long time. Exactly. Now. Arabians riding all across the broad for Fergentry. Very, very talented horsewoman. She's got all that experience and claims a five-pound. I think it's seven left, I think, when I asked her. Not Hanty's agent for both jockeys, so I expect, oh, a, expect yeah. a commission on the back of this. Very doubtful that he'd uh, put his hand into his pocket. But both very, very good jockeys, I think, going forward. Different reasons. I think Oshin will, will make a name for himself quite quickly when, when the turf gets going. Joe already has a name. But I think she's going to be a, a pretty valuable claimer for, for people to take advantage of. Trust Hannity to get his mitts on them both. Yeah, he's, he is a shrewdy. I have to give him that. <laughs> the hardest working man in, in showbiz, Niall Hannity. So Oshin McSweeney, yep. Joe Mason... That's just two, two, two apprentices to follow. Although Joe's probably not really an apprentice with well experience, but she claims the five, and I think she'll do well. And any horses for us to look out that for while we're on the on the any subject? Any horses to look out for for us? Uh, Mercurist, he's won two already on New Weather this year. I think he'll keep on improving. So is, is Mercurist, right? Um, so he's won two at Linkfield. Hopefully, keep on going. Okay. All right. That just about completes this week's talking points.